And welcome back to the Word Encounter. Uh, I forget what episode we're on. I believe 35, 36 or something. I'm not sure. But we are going to start in Deuteronomy um, uh, chapter 21. That I do know. And so, <clears throat> again, Moses is recounting for the people um, uh, not only uh, what has happened in the past, but also the, the rules and regulations and laws that are to be in place as they go forward um, in the, in, in, into the promised land that the Lord has given them. And so he wants to make sure that they're governed correctly. And so um, in chapter 21, he goes over some rules with regard to unsolved murders, uh, goes over the treatment of uh, captured women. You know, when you go to battle and you, and you capture women, how are you to treat them? Uh, he goes over the rights of the firstborn, um, and an interesting one here, a, a rebellious son. And so in, in verse 18, we see that if a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who does not obey his father or mother and doesn't listen to them even after they discipline him, his father and mother are to take hold of him and bring him to the elders of his city to the gate of his hometown. Verse 20. They will say to the elders of his city, this son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He doesn't obey us. He's a glutton and a drunkard. Verse 21, then all the men of his city will stone him to death. You must purge evil from you and all Israel will hear and be afraid. And so it's almost like a warning to the children you know, that you are to obey your parents. Now, that sounds kind of drastic to me, and I'm sure it sounds drastic to most of you out there listening or watching. But the Lord takes this parentage thing seriously, and he's, he's trying to lay down the law. Remember, uh, these people had been slaves, they'd have been dictated to and whatnot, and he's trying to establish a society and how that society is to function. So he's telling Moses, these are the rules and regulations about which this society is to function. And so they have to have a sense of priority. And honoring one's father and mother apparently is a priority. And we see it by the consequences of not doing so. So if we move over to um, chapter 22, <clears throat> verse 1, if you see your brother Israelites, oxen or sheep straying, do not ignore it. In other words, if you see a brother and his, his animals, his livestock, they're straying, you know, don't ignore it. If your brother does not live near you or you don't know him, you are to, oh, no, I got ahead of myself. Do not ignore it. Make sure you return it to your brother. You know, so just don't let it stray. Make sure you return it to your brother. Get it back to him. Get his property back to him. Verse 2, if your brother does not live near you or you don't know him, you are to bring the animal to your home and remain with you, uh, to remain with you until your brother comes looking for it. Then you can return it to him. In other words, make sure the rightful property owner gets their property back. And this is how you are to look out for your brothers. You know, everybody's looking out for each other. So make sure you get the property back to your brother, you know, should it, should it wander off. That that would be uh, that would be tremendous, you know. I remember um, when I was growing up, and definitely when my parents were growing up, particularly in African American communities, um, everybody would watch out for everybody's children. 
making sure that nobody, you know, went astray, making sure that, you know, uh, some parents had the rights to discipline other parents' kids. It was not only the rights, it was expected. You know, if you see my boy doing wrong, make sure you correct him. And so it, it's, you know, I, I don't particularly like the phrase it takes a village because to me that takes some of the, uh, that takes the response, the primary responsibility away from the parents. It is a parent's responsibility, but certainly a community can help. And we can see here that the Lord is expecting the community to pitch in uh, and make sure that the welfare of all the brothers are being watched over. In verse five, this is interesting. This might not go well, not might not. This won't go well in today's culture, but it just shows you how far astray our culture has ventured from the things of the Lord. A woman is not to wear male clothing and a man is not to put on women's garment. For everyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord your God. He's saying that if you're a female, and you're behaving like a male, or if you're a male and you're behaving like a female, this is detestable to me. Now, we, we see in today's culture, you know, where you get to define whatever it is you want to be, or, you know, define, no, I'm not a male, no, I'm not a female, no, I'm, I'm the other. I mean, and so we don't get to define these things. You know, <laughs> you're, you're born one way or the other. You're born a male, you're born a female. Now, there are some exceptions some biological exceptions. Uh, but for the most part, that's the way it is. And so we see here that the Lord is saying, if a woman dresses as a man or a man dresses as a woman, these things are detestable to the Lord. This isn't me talking. This is the word speaking. And so, you know, my desire is to do what the word says. Verse 22 are we still in chapter 20? Yeah, we're still in chapter 22, verse 22. If a man is discovered having sexual relations with another man's wife, both the man who had sex with the woman and the woman must die. You must purge the evil from Israel. And he goes on in uh, up to the end, of, the end of this chapter, verse 30. He's talking about all kinds of sexual situations. You know, he's talking about rape. He's talking about, you know, going to bed with somebody else's fiance. He's talking about all this stuff. And all of these things are detestable. And so the Lord really hammers on the sex stuff. You know, <clears throat> and sex is, 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 is a primal, uh, it, it, is a, it is a primary function of, of, of human beings. And it's important. The Lord authored it. He validated it. He made it. You know, but it is to be exercised and enjoyed according to his precepts and, and his dictates. In other words, you know, he's defining how I, I am um, allowing my in children, how I'm allowing my children to partake in this activity. And when we uh, vary from that, then we get in all kind of problems, all kind of issues. You know, and that's why he hammers his sex stuff so hard, because he realizes the power that it has to get man off on the wrong tangent. And, and, and history has proven that time and time and time again. And so a lot of times people want to say, well, that's prudish or this, that, and the other. No, 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 no. That's prudent. It's prudent because <clears throat> we can see that all kind of issues are, uh, uh, you know, arise from 
just having a laissez-faire attitude with regard to sexual relationships. Just not only physical and biological, but also emotional, also mental, psychological, all kind of issues arise. You know, when you do things outside of how they were designed to be uh, partaken of. So that's my take on it. In chapter 23, it's another interesting thing in verse 1. No man, no man. Whose, te whose testicles have been crushed or whose penis has been cut off may enter the Lord's assembly. Now, we, th this is meant to be literally because they would make eunuchs out of people in Old Testament times. But I think you could also draw a line, you know, um, uh, kind of a, an analogy, if you will. In other words... I want my men that come before me and into my assembly to be men. And what that means is I don't want any cowards. I don't want anybody that, that, that is uh, too afraid to do what I call them to do. And so I want men to come into my assembly. And so that's my take. I'm putting that spin on it. Okay, that's not what the word says. I'm putting that that uh, that analogy into the equation here. Uh, but it, it definitely says no man whose testicles have been crushed or whose penis have been cut off uh, may enter the Lord's assembly. And a lot of times they would do this um, uh, to men who watched over the king's harem to make sure that those men would not make themselves available to the harem. And so they would have eunuchs guard the harem. But anyway... Let's go on to verse 17, and this talks about cult prostitution. Again, a sex thing here. Verse 18, do not bring any female prostitutes, wages, or male prostitutes' earnings into the house of the Lord your God to, to fulfill any vow, because both are detestable to the Lord your God. And so in pagan practices who were worshiping pagan gods, part of their worship activities uh, was, was sexual, sexually oriented stuff. And so the Lord is saying... Don't bring any monies from any female or male prostitution activities. Don't bring any of that stuff to fulfill any vow because it's detestable to me. So don't even think about it. So he's talking about ill-gotten gains. Don't even involve, don't even think about bringing that stuff before me if it's illegitimate. We talked about this briefly before in verse 21. If you make a vow to the Lord your God, do not be slow to keep it because he will require it of you, and it will be counted against you as sin. But if you refrain from making a vow, it will not be counted against you. Be careful to do whatever comes to your lips, because you have freely vowed what you promised to the Lord your God. There's nobody forcing you to make a vow. And so if you don't think you can keep it, don't intend to keep it, don't intend to keep it immediately, uh, don't make it. Just don't make it. You know, there's, there's nothing forcing you to do so. But if you do make it, make sure that you follow through. And so we have some more uh, scripture here. Uh, verse 24, if we look at, um, excuse me, chapter 24, verse 16. Fathers, do not, 
Fathers are not to be put to death for their children, and children are not to be put to death for their fathers. Each person will be put to death for his own sin. And so, in other words, you can't hold parents responsible uh, for what their children do and vice versa. Each person is responsible for themselves. And this goes for salvation as well. You know, if your parents are saved, committed to Jesus and whatnot, but the children refuse to do so, that doesn't get them any favor before the Lord, okay, because it's on them. If we uh, go, uh, go into chapter 25, if there is a dispute between men, they are to go to court and the judges will hear their case. They will um, clear the innocent and condemn the guilty. And so, again, he's setting up, this is how you do court. If you have a, if you have a dispute, we have this thing called a court. You don't sell it, sell it between yourselves. You go to this thing called a court and you get it settled. Verse 4, do not muzzle an ox while it treads out grain. This is interesting. <clears throat> so, as an ox is going around this thing, it's treading grain. It's crushing grain and doing work. And so if you muzzle an ox, the ox can't eat. If you can't eat, the ox is going to get tired. He's not going to do as much work. So what this is saying, essentially to employers, you know, make sure you take care of your employees. Make sure that they're able to eat. Make sure they're able to take care of their business because if they do that, they'll be productive. And so what the Lord is saying is don't do this. You know, don't don't uh, you know do things that cause uh things that need to do work to be not productive and so it's, a, it's just a practical thing in uh 25 verse 13 do not have differing weights in your bag one heavy and one light do not have differing dry measures in your house a larger and a smaller you must have a full and honest weight a full and honest dry measure so that you may live among the land the lord is giving you <clears throat> For everyone who does such things, acts unfairly, is detestable to the Lord your God. In other words, he's saying because they would weigh out things to see, okay, I give you, you know, two shekels of silver and they'd weigh it out. And So he's telling people, don't have dishonest scales, don't have dishonest weights so that you cheat your brother. Don't do that. You know, you must be fair. If you be fair and honest, I'll watch over your lands. If you don't, you'll suffer the consequences. You know? And then in chapter 26, um, we talk about the first fruits. Uh, remember, we, I talked about the first fruits in one of the other episodes. And then um, at the end here, it gives a covenant sum, a summary. Moses gives them a covenant summary of everything that he's told them. It says, and today the Lord has affirmed you uh, that you are his possession as he promised you, that you are to keep all his commands, that he will elevate you and praise you uh, to fame and glory and so on and so forth. So the Lord is going to take care of them if they keep their covenant is the bottom line. And with that, we will see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.